0: Welcome to the Stream of David show, where David taps into higher consciousness and shares divine guidance from the stream, answering all of life's questions and guiding you to the life of your dreams. Sit back with your mind opened as you come along with us on this wonderful journey of higher enlightenment. Here's your host, David Strickle.
1: Hi, welcome to the Stream of David show. I am here today with a very special guest, Dan Mangina. Did I get that right? Yes. (laughs) With my Southern accent, I had to to practice that a little bit. (laughs) Uh, So Dan, uh, Dan is a published author and he has a podcast and uh, he does a lot of cool work. We're going to dive into that very, very quickly because we were just uh, having a little pre-show discussion about releasing the need to be right. And he had some great thoughts on that. So Dan, go ahead and uh, tell them a little bit about yourself and then uh, let's roll into talking about releasing the need to be right.
2: Sure. Well, first of all, thanks so much for having me on the show. Really appreciate it. I just want to shout out Matt G for introducing us and uh, bring us into one another's world. Really loving your work and having the opportunity to connect with you today. So thank you for that. I really appreciate it. Um, Yeah, as we were just saying, this idea that when we're looking at experiences that we're having in our life, rather than digging into what the other person's doing or saying, or should, we say, should I say, rather than getting caught up in the story of what's happening outside of ourselves, just going inside, accepting that we have planted the seeds, the fruits of which we're observing as our reality. And remembering that every moment we have the opportunity to re-know those seeds, to reset the clock and create something different. And I was saying in the conversation a few moments ago, I've been doing that. I've been literally going through my life retilling the soil and just checking every one of those seeds and saying, is this the fruit that I want to, that I want to be eating? And when stuff's coming up, I'm asking myself, okay, what part of me is showing up in this experience that I'm witnessing? And is it what I want to experience? And if no, then I just reset it and and, and create something else.
1: So it's in, in the releasing the need to be right you are automatically raising the vibration because if you get into a situation where you need to be right and you need to argue your point, first of all, you're, you're dipping outside of your bubble of reality. Mm -hmm. And you are also lowering your vibration in, in, in that you're, you're meeting someone who perhaps has a different point of view than you. And you're, you're needing to them for them to see your point of view and you're needing yours to be superior somehow, which is, is, is sort of innate in us as human beings.
2: Mm-hmm. But it's driven
1: by the ego, obviously. Definitely. And it's an, it's an area where our ego, you know, our, to me, ego is all about balance. Mm-hmm. I hear a lot of people uh, in, in spiritual uh, talks say that they, they're going to release their ego.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Your ego doesn't serve you. Your ego is a terrible thing. I don't have an ego anymore. I've even heard somebody say they don't have an ego anymore. I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> you know, what what motivates you to get out of bed this morning? You know, your <laughs> ego drives you through your life, right? Mm-hmm. And your ego allows you to sort of step out and take risks and, and put yourself out there. Your ego is a positive thing.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and the work that I do in, in the teachings of Taya and what the stream has guided me to is really focusing on keeping your ego and your soul consciousness. They're two different things. Mm-hmm. And, and, and to really make it simplified, because I like to simplify everything. Let's make everything easy. So everybody gets it, utilize these things. Let's bring this into balance so that your, your ego's not getting ahead. It will sometimes, and, you, and, and if you're really tuned in, as you are, you get quick evidence that your ego's gotten ahead of itself, right? <laughs>
3: Do
2: you know what, I love that you said that because uh, one of my dear friends, Mira Kelly, she's a Hay House author, she wrote Beyond Past Lives, really, really great, great woman. And uh, we're having a conversation once, and she was saying, yeah, that's, I, I hadn't thought of that before, because I've been on the reduce the ego, kill the ego train as well. And she's like, yeah, but, just like you said, the ego is a part of you. Really, it's about just enhancing the heart. She talks about enhancing the heart and stepping deeper into the heart, connecting more to source so that that divine balance comes in so that you can have advantage of both. Because at the end of the day, I think that anything that shows up naturally is natural, right? Um, if we re- peel away the stories, the ego is still going to be there, but the stories inform how the ego shows up in our world. So it's not so much the ego that we should be crushing, but disempowering expressions of ego that don't have us in service, don't have us living from the heart and don't have us living a joyful and abundant life. That's where I sit with that now. Um, and I love that you just sort of brought that back again, because I wasn't even really thinking about it from that context here. So even in terms of my journey to pull up those seeds, being in the heart has been coming up a lot recently. I'm going to be doing that. I'm going to sit more in the heart as I'm plucking those seeds up. And, and as I'm going into creating something new, be even more conscious and deliberate about being in the heart as I do so that's lovely mm.
1: you know it's it's really all about most of us that 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 are into this type of work that that are, are spiritual that we're trying to improve ourselves not everybody's trying to do that right people there are people out there that are very comfortable just being angry and yep, very and argumentative, and that's that's their bubble and that's cool <laughs> but for those of us who are here you know listening to this podcast or your podcast or, or paying attention to what we're doing obviously trying to work at, at raising their vibration, at being more at peace, uh, bringing more joy and clarity into their lives, possibly more abundance into their lives, whatever that looks like. And in, in doing that, you, you, you sort of go down this journey of understanding that in time, we get clarity on everything. When we have a disagreement with somebody or we have something that takes us down in vibration, we call that down the spiral, the Taya mm-hmm. teachings, uh, you know, looking at politics and that triggers you down. Time and distance gives you clarity and you see things from a different perspective very often when you've got that going on. And in the moment, that heated moment, you know, you've got to be right. You've got to argue your point. You've got to stand your ground. That's your ego speaking. And then a little time goes by, this happened for me. And then I would look back and think, God, why did I need to do that? Why didn't I stop and see their perspective and their point of view in that moment? Why did I let that ego kick in so quickly? Mm. The good news is, is that we, we can detune that stuff mm. get better and better at reacting in a more positive way or really not reacting at all mm-hmm. in the moment, rather than having that time and space, because that's what happened to me. I, I would do things in the moment. I had a bad temper. I would do things and say things in the moment that I would be regretful about later. I feel like an idiot the way that I behave. <laughs> and inevitably, I can't tell you Dan, I, just a few years back, the times that I have to go back and apologize, to <laughs> you know, I'm so sorry that I treated you that way in that moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, even like at somebody in a store, so there was some girl I was joining a gym one time, and there was some disagreement, and I made her cry. I wasn't terribly nasty, but you know I got mad enough, that she cried. I felt horrible about it after the fact, and mm-hmm. I went back and apologized, and I atoned for it mm-hmm. for her sake and for mine more. Mm-hmm. And. I realized, wow, you know, I, I was in my 40s at this point. I'm like, you know, I'm acting like a jerk out there sometimes <laughs> when I go down my spiral. And that's mm. an important thing for us to remember. When people are down in negative vibration, they are behaving in a negative way. And mm. it's not the wholeness of who they are. Mm. And, and I have heard that sometimes, you know, judging somebody from their down the spiral behavior. Now, of course, if somebody goes down the spiral and they really harm somebody, we're going to judge them that yeah. in our society. But It happens to everyone. People have a bad day, they get in a bad mood, whatever you want to call that. They go down their spiral and they're not behaving the same way they would be if they were up their spiral. And the practice of Taya is all about the tools to get up our spiral more often so that we're up there because when we're connected to source and we are loving ourselves and loving the world, we're behaving very differently than we are when we're frustrated, when we're angry, when we're stressed, when we're in fear when we're down there needing to be right, when we're wanting to argue our point, inevitably that's going to take you down. So, so what I guide people to now is, and what I do myself, is anything that pops up. The first thing I do now, if I start to feel myself dip, is I ask myself, is this worth going down my spiral about?
2: Mm.
3: And ask yourself that.
1: Almost every take single time course. it's no. In fact, I don't recall it, anyone yes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but it's taking the pause. Like you said, where, I mean, where we're we at on the spiral, right? That's our frequency, our vibration. And that informs the very landscape against which we can have any experience. So the actions that we make, the choices that we take, the choices that we make, the actions that we take within that space are going to be dictated by our vibration, the capacity or the flow with which we can move into different choices is informed by our vibration. So when you're teaching us to step up our vibration, it doesn't necessarily mean that we'll automatically stop being buttholes. But it means that the flow is actually going to be more gentle into non but whole type behavior. Or even when we do drop off, because we're human, you know, we're, if we were imperfection, then we would have elevated beyond physical matter and, and gone into the ethers anyway. So there's going to be times when humanity pops up. But when we are up that spiral, then in those times, even when we do have those dips, then we can turn around and say, oh, crap, I'm aware of what I did. I'd like to make it, I'd like to atone and I'd like to apologize and say, I'm sorry for that behavior and reestablish an equilibrium of love in that space. So
1: I think that yeah, really- it raises the vibration for everyone involved. Usually exactly. uh, when you do that. And, and I do think it's, the stream was talking the other day about this vibrational dust that we sort of leave behind um, in a space or in a, in a situation or a circumstance that we leave this vibrational dust. Hmm. And that's what happens when you go down your spiral and you react negatively. That negative vibe stays between you and that, that other person until there's some sort of correction of it, mm-hmm. atonement, apology. Mm-hmm. And it even can stay in the physical space a little bit. And, and mm-hmm. people sense that. That's why you can walk into a, a room where people have been in an argument and feel the heaviness of it instantaneously. Yes. Mm-hmm. You're feeling it in the space. You're feeling it perhaps from them.
3: Mm-hmm. And
1: There's negative energy there and you know it. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we all can tune into that. Definitely. Some Definitely. of us are more sensitive than others, certainly. But we all have the ability to tune into that. It's just part of who we are innately as, as beings that, that we can tap into that. And, 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 and that energy can be cleared mm-hmm. very easily by going up the spiral, seeing the bigger picture, not needing to be right. You know, we, we, sometimes we call that being the bigger person.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's, it's important to, to gain those skills. You know, a lot of people call that emotional maturity, um, you know, gaining those skills to, to go to that higher perspective and seeing things from the other person's point of view. And when you start practicing this in your life, like you said, you're, you're, what did you say? You're a butthole less and less and less, <laughs> less frequent. And the, the magnitude is not as great.
2: Yeah. Because it's a practice. Or even the snapback. You could be just as big a, a, a butthole, but the snapback from butthole is a lot faster and faster and faster until there's enough space. Like you said, you have enough space to ask yourself, do I choose to be a butthole in this moment? And then you can cease the butthole type behavior um yeah none of us like ourselves when we're
1: well most of us don't like ourselves some people <laughs> some seem to thrive people, on it
2: for sure right? and some people are happy about it because like yeah. what is it? like yeah. the, the work to get out of the, the 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 less empowering pieces of parts of the uh, sections of the spiral the road isn't that complicated like it, it's just a choice like if you, do you want to be this or do you want to be that but oftentimes the choice is informed by an addiction or a thriving on some level or some level of consciousness to the emotional payoff, whether it's the chemicals and hormones, like people that can completely keep themselves stressed. They don't like being stressed, but their body is thriving on the cortisol being produced because it's become addicted to it. And so the mind will keep perpetuating experiences to play out cortisol-producing stuff, i.e. stress, even though it doesn't feel good. So when you offer them an an opportunity to, 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 to step out of that, There'll be excuses or there'll be self-sabotage or there'll be stories or I have to do it next year or I would, but, or they'll start, but they won't commit because deep down, they're still plugged into that need for cortisol or the need to be in a toxic relationship or the need to be, um, the need to be right. Right. They're still tied into the payoff that they're getting from that, whether it's the story that they get to tell, um, of whatever kind, whether it's the chemicals and hormones being produced in the body or whether it's just. Like fear on some level of what will happen if they weren't viewing their life through the lens that they always had, even if it is a disempowering lens.
3: Yeah, and that
1: that victim um, mentality, that that victim lens mm-hmm. that, that people you know, we're taught that in society, you know, mm-hmm. we were encouraged to feel like victims. Your mm-hmm. fault. Somebody should do do something about this. You know, and, and not taking responsibility for what's going on in your life. Mm-hmm. You know, all topics. And the feeling of being a victim is very disempowering, but it's soothing because, <laughs> because it is, you know, I, I've been a victim, you know, and then all of a sudden everybody, of I see that on Facebook, you know, Facebook mm-hmm. is such an interesting landscape because you just get such raw emotion from some people <laughs> expressed because they, they, I guess they don't have another outlet to, in which to express mm-hmm. it. I, I, you know, there's contrast on all topics. The positive of Facebook is that we're coming together there as a global community, like never before we're communicating. There's good things being shared on Facebook. I, I, I know that, you know, the Taya boot camp and the practice of Taya is, is reaching people all over the world because of Facebook and because of podcasts. Mm-hmm. So this technology is great. But the downside of it is you get, you know, raw emotion expressed from people uh, so easily and readily there. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, 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 they want that soothing. I mm-hmm. see people that will post really, you know, awful things that they're at, they're at the really the bottom of their spiral, sometimes almost like suicidal things.
3: Mm-hmm. And they're
1: looking for comfort. They're looking for that soothing from other people to come in and tell them it's going to be okay. Mm. And I understand that, but I really want to help people that, that are far enough along down their paths to, to take on this type of work. And I, I call it work because it is work. You know, a lot yeah. of people say in spirituality, it's not work. It should just all be easy. Well, yeah, un- unlearning your negative limiting beliefs and fear-based thinking that you've been taught your entire life is work. Work. You are working on yourself. You really are, Mm. and it's nice to say, just focus on what you want, and it'll all come. Yeah, but who can do that consistently? Mm -hmm. We we all have these triggers. We all have this fear-based stuff. We all have maybe some some tinge of of victimhood left in us that Mm. we've got to work out of ourselves so that we can really manifest intention. You know,
2: I don't victimhood can really hide. I mean, so for me, I've been going through obviously my own journey and. One of the big ones I found was validation, the need to be validated, which I've done a lot of work on. Uh, and as I really got beyond the need for validation, I found that there were pockets of victimhood that were hiding in the craziest of ways. So I think great for the listeners to recognize that just because you don't run around saying, woe is me, doesn't mean that you're not exhibiting victimesque type behavior, right? So for me, the, the backwards completely confusing <laughs> awareness I came to, or realization I came to was that I wasn't saying, woe is me, I'm a victim. I was creating, disempowering victim situations, getting out of them by myself and not really talking about them at the time, but then afterwards was sharing my victories to inspire people when really it wasn't to inspire people at all. I was sharing them so that I could be validated through the victim story that I'd come out of and feeding the ego that way.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and it's a fine line because I share you know stories of my childhood a lot. You know, Mm -hmm. I had an abusive mother, Mm -hmm. and I find myself wow, am I sharing this because it's helpful and showing you know my front of mind intention with all of Mm -hmm. that is I'm sharing this to establish where I was and where I am Mm -hmm. and how I got there and and how using these tools will get you there too if this is where you want to go, but that that victim feeling still rears itself in the sharing of that sometimes. And I have to stop myself and, and kind of clarify for me and the person I'm talking yeah. to, I'm only sharing this because I've detuned my mother. And I feel very confident that I've detuned my
2: mother. I remember you said uh, you've got a better, better relationship now. Yeah, a better
1: relationship her. with her now than ever. But I go back to that story so many times mm-hmm. that I want to ensure that I'm, I'm telling that story from a very high perspective of just recounting something that is my recollection of my childhood that was difficult, that I overcame and not dipping back into that victim vibe. That's Mm -hmm. why we talk about Mm detuning instead of eradicating. Mm -hmm. You know, these things, there's dust. You know, we talk about this vibrational dust. Well, there's that vibrational dust always there that we can return to if we don't continue working on ourselves and keeping ourselves positively focused. And it it is work because polarity is at play. We, We talk a lot about polarity in our teachings, that no matter what you do to work on your spiral, there are some days that your vibe is going to be lower than others. We're not consistently at this super high, high.
2: I think what it comes down to really for me is that I just take honest stock of where I'm at at the point of telling the story or of making the statement. And if I can, with all honesty and, 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 and sincerity and integrity in that moment, say, my intention here is to empower. Then cool. Um, So but I was just finding that there were pockets of time when the original situation didn't even have to happen. And I actually witnessed backwards that I'd actually just created this these gunky repeating patterns to come to this point where I can retell the story. And I didn't want those gunky patterns anymore. And I'd had it, I had enough stories to share and inspire without needing to create more. And so the detonment for me was, okay, I've got enough now thank you. I don't need more. And when I checked in, the more was being created as an, an unconscious level in order to pe- perpetuate being in that story of people saying, Oh, wow, Dan, I can't believe you made it through that. That's so amazing. Me saying, oh, yeah, you know, blah, 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 blah. and that wasn't from an uplifting place for me personally. It's right, con-
1: you, I understand. You get to a place where you don't need to hear that anymore. Like, I, yeah, Definitely. that's fine. Thank you. <laughs> I don't need yeah. to hear that anymore. I'm good. Yeah, I'm telling it for a different reason. But I think that that's again, it's it's societal conditioning. Definitely, we're taught to where, oh, you poor thing. We're we're mm-hmm. again take them back to that victim place. I don't do that. Mm-hmm. People tell me their negative stories. It's the last thing I want to do because I don't want to keep that victim vibe. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and in my boot camp work, I hear some horrific things in private. I hear mm-hmm. some horrific things from people, and mm-hmm. I don't react that way. Mm-hmm. I can't. I'm not serving them as a coach and a, and a, and a teacher in that, that boot camp environment. If I, oh my gosh, that's terrible that that happened to you. That's so awful. Well, how am I serving them mm-hmm. if, if I do that? You're know, it's, mm-hmm. we're going to shift our focus on this negative thing that happened to you to slowly over time probably to mm-hmm. a different type of focus because it's a detuning process. Some things you detune faster than others, but I don't want to set the expectation that we're going to flip a switch and you're suddenly going to be okay with these <laughs> It doesn't work like that, you know, it's that we do. And that's why boot camp takes weeks to get through Mm -hmm. going through. That's not what we do in there, but that's, that's why a big piece of it. Time period that we're working because over time, if you stay with it, you are changing your thought patterns and creating new habits and overriding those old patterns. Mm -hmm. And you're starting to change who you are and change your vibration, but there's still dust. Mm -hmm. There's still the dust of all that stuff remaining that you could return to. Mm-hmm. Go back to your old habits. You know, people get out of my boot camp and they graduate when they know the Thai spiritual practice. And it doesn't matter if it takes 12 weeks or, you know, six months or whatever, that's when they graduate. Mm-hmm. And most of them get out, they continue the practice, they continue to have positive results in their lives. And sometimes they fall off the wagon. Mm-hmm. And when they fall off the wagon, they stop the practice. And when they stop the practice, they sort of resort back to some old habits Mm -hmm. and they can go all the way back to where they haven't seen that happen yet, but they can go all the way back to where they were before they even took boot camp. Mm -hmm. If they don't continue a spiritual practice of some sort that is managing their vibration by being more conscious of managing their thoughts and their, their, their appreciation really Mm. of where they are and what's going on, which is really the process right there. It's, it's ongoing all day, finding things to appreciate because there's always things to appreciate if we look for them. And there's always things to be stressed out and fearful of if we look for them.
2: Everything's, everything's available for you to choose from, right? A, yeah. The universe yeah. is this primordial gloop of infinite possibilities of choice. It's a, a supermarket where every shelf is anything you want it to be. Exactly. But like you said, there's, there's two pieces It Number one, people don't necessarily want to put in the work that is required in order to shift the choices that you're making about what you pull from the shelf. And some people are quite invested and committed to being the person that's pulling up the things off the shelf that they want to pull off. And I suppose that comes down to even, um, you know, you and I have both had this where there's people that have come in to want to work with us, and we can see they don't really want to work, you know, whether it's they want someone else to blame for it not working out for them. Um, I've even had it, uh, people that wanted to go for my more expensive work and I can see it's not that you want to do the work. You just want to be able to say, I tried and I paid this much to try. But yeah, it it's kind of
1: like joining a fancy gym and thinking you're going to get in shape because you're paying a lot <laughs> of the fancy people showing up and doing the work at the gym.
2: Exactly.
1: It doesn't matter how much you pay for the gym. You know, there's dudes oh. in great shape at the $10 a month gym that are working their ass off to get it. Exactly. While you're going to the fancy personal trainer and you're <laughs> and frustrated because you're paying $1,200 a month. Yeah. I, you know, it's exactly the same. I've had that too in, in the, in the high end programs, it's like the mastery program. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there, there's, there's some that, that aren't really willing to, to go that deep or they're not ready for it. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I, I try to be very diligent about who we you know, allow into these different, these different programs, but we want mm-hmm. them to be successful. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you know, success or not is, is up to the, the enrollee, the person that's in there.
3: Yeah. Um,
1: and it's, it's, sometimes people just aren't ready. They think they're ready. They won't change, but then they get in, and it's like, "Oh my gosh, there's work involved in this." You know? <laughs> <laughs> Abraham says, "All I have to do is think shiny thoughts, and everything's going to be great." Well, yeah. you know, some sometimes that works but for you, people. That's but you have to be ready true. to make
2: the choice. I, I don't, yeah. I don't disagree with Abraham, and I Not think at all. I just think that sometimes people miss the step. That's, in. I mean, I'm a student, Doctor. Judge Spencer. That's how I met Matty G. And some people, I, I did my meditation. I've been doing it every day. Why has my life not changed yet? Because you got up from your meditation, went back to making exactly the same choices, being exactly the same butthole, and not actually doing <laughs> like, you, you, you left it. You, you left it on, on the mat. You didn't bring it off the mat with you. Yeah, yeah. I'm, just I'm, just I'm doing the meditation
1: good. is not enough. You've got, you know, and I talk about that a lot. You know, you sit, you do your meditation, you set your positive intention for the day, which is great, a great mm-hmm. way to start your day vibrationally. I used to, and I got I've got to get back to this. I used to never let my feet hit the floor until I set positive intention for the day. That was my thing. Yes. And now I'll get up and I'll move around a little bit and then I'll go do a meditation. It, it mm-hmm. works, but I, could, I think I need to get back to that. My heat, my feet don't even hit the floor. I'm not going to pick up my phone and look at email. Yeah. I'm not doing anything until I set my day up for success, but you do that and then you get out into traffic or you start answering your email or you get into your job or whatever you're doing yeah. or you start dealing with your children. Mm-hmm. And suddenly, boom, you're down your spiral. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all of that meditation that you just did is out the window because you've allowed external influence to cause your vibration to plummet mm-hmm. over something that three hours from now is not going to even bother you.
2: Probably. Three seconds from now isn't going to. Right, work. right, if you right. Prove. Right the second, it doesn't have to matter if you choose to let go of that um, and allow the, the shiny thoughts to create space for you to create something different. I think there's like, there's the step after the shiny, there's a step before the shiny thought. Am I ready to let go of the things that are not, that are, are blocking me from stepping into that shiny thought, number one? And then am I prepared to make new choices against the backdrop of this shiny thought? Or am I going to think happy thought, come back and be a butthole? Or come back and start having butthole conversations? Am I going to go back to gossiping? Am I going to go back to, to being a cheapskate? Am I going to, like, what, how am I showing up? against the backdrop of that shiny thought? And am I prepared to let go of that which is inhibiting me from stepping into the shiny thought?
1: We're gonna take a quick break and we're gonna come back and wrap this up. It's been wonderful talking to you and there's some more things that I wanna touch on. Let's take a quick break and hear about uh, Carrie's experience in Thai Bootcamp. We'll be right back.
0: Now I'm like deliriously happy, people look at me strangely. The best thing ever is that I've always dreamed of this kind of life. And um, now I am living it, I'm creating it. And it's not a dream anymore, it's reality. I'm human and I'm going to be here a long time. I plan on it and there's going to be lots of obstacles. But now I know how to meet those obstacles. And I know how to live in joy and let go of all these things that held me back from living this beautiful life I've always dreamed of. And it's amazing how rapidly those things start showing up once you practice Taya. It just has completely changed my world. It's amazing.
1: Taya is a spiritual practice that I co-created with the string, a group of non-physical entities that I challenge. Entities that have been coming to me my entire life with a profound eternal message based in universal law. This spiritual practice brings a life of joy, clarity, and abundance. And I now teach it to people all over the world. Taya Boot Camp is specifically designed for those who are ready to bring big, lasting changes to their lives. In Taya Boot Camp, you learn the Taya spiritual practice, a practice that, if you so choose, you will use for the rest of your life. It's not about religion. It's not about judgment. It's not about rules or anything like that. It is a spiritual practice of meditation, forgiveness, source connection, the setting of positive intentions and actually understanding your virtual vibrational spiral, understanding how to control your vibration, thus controlling the things that are coming into your life. So if you want to create your own bubble of reality intentionally, having more of the things that you want coming into your life and less of the things you don't want, if you want to see your world, the highest perspective one where you understand the nature of positive and negative where you no longer fear anything where you are in such a state of trust that you know the universe is going to deliver everything that you want if you're ready for that then you're ready for tie boot camp what would you have to say to anyone who's interested in joining tie boot camp
0: do it (laughs) jump in put fear away honestly it's the best thing i have ever done for myself in my life
3: All right, we're back.
1: So let's talk about gossip for a minute. That's an interesting little little um, <laughs> exit ramp that you just presented for us to talk about because it's one of those things that can be really hard to release in your life that is a negative, lower vibrational thing for sure. You know, we're sort of, to me, we're, we're saying negative things about somebody else because it soothes how we feel about ourselves
3: generally. Definitely.
1: And, and, and it's easy to partake in because I, still want to, I want to remain a social human being. Mm-hmm. and there is part of me that I have encountered at, at spiritual events there are some, some people and I probably have some listeners that are like this I'm about to offend the hell out of you so I'll apologize in advance Sorry, guys. but there's some people that so they live so much in that, that spiritual bubble that everything is spiritual and everything is positive <laughs> I've got my crystals and my oils and I'm just a spiritual being and it's all I am <laughs> and, and, and they're like that and again mm-hmm. just like the person that wants to you know, live in anger all the time We each get to create our own bubble of reality. And I'm not judging that as much as I'm discerning that is not my preference. Yeah, I still like human stuff. Mm -hmm. I still like some, a little bit of contrast because you're going to have some no matter what. Mm -hmm. And I I had an employee that was like that. And I remember she was the one that every time Mercury was in retrograde, she would call out from work. And that was her excuse not to come to work. I thought, welcome to San Francisco. I've got people calling out because Mercury's in retrograde, right? (laughs) So I I came from the East Coast, where that wouldn't fly for a second. You would (laughs) hear such a thing. So she would call out, and she was like that. And I loved her. She was great, but she was such in this positive bubble that she couldn't be bothered by any real world stuff. And she ended up not being able to stay in her job. Hmm. And and and, you know, she had a family to support because she wow. was so spiritual that she couldn't function when Mercury was in retrograde. And I thought, wow, you've taken spirituality into an extreme place when you're not allowing yourself to kind of play around and you're human.
2: But is that spirituality or is it having as an excuse to be disempowered and to create a BS experience?
1: Yeah. It's, 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 I'm, I'm labeling it extreme spirituality. <laughs> That's what it really is, That's what it yeah. really is, is I'm going to take it to that place Mm-hmm. Where I'm going to really disconnect from my humanity mm-hmm. and it's going to make me almost a non functional human being. And is that really, you know, there's value in every experience for sure. Definitely. There's far worse things that you could do yeah. in terms of harming other people. <laughs> I mean, she was not harmful to other people other than the fact sure. that everybody had to cover for her when she wasn't at work. And, yeah, yeah, uh, that's yeah. what, but you, you can take it so far into extremes. And I'm all about balance. And, and yes, there's a spiritual side to me that is very strong getting stronger and I and somebody that, that is sort of a, a mentor for me, wants to be a mentor for me and is helpful to me, said not long ago that, that I need to become the stream all the time. And I don't agree with that mm-hmm. because I think that there is there's a very different message from me and the stream. The stream mm-hmm. is eternal wisdom, mm-hmm. black and white. This is how it is. This is where we mm-hmm. guide you if you want to go there. Uh, and that's it. Mm-hmm. I'm here to give my human perspective of it. Mm-hmm. And that's somewhere where, and it sounds like the, the let's criticize Abraham show, but I promise it's not, I love Abraham. Abraham yep. inspired me to do what I do. Mm-hmm. But you know, Esther doesn't give you much Esther. Got you. you get Abraham. I know people that even go on the cruise and they don't ever interact with Esther other than her getting on the stage. And she's very, she's delightful from what I see. Mm-hmm. We actually have a mutual friend here in Palm Springs that has known her for years and years and years. And he talks about how much fun she is and how delightful she is. And she likes to play all these little jokes and, you know, do all these fun things as Esther, if mm-hmm. you know her away from Abraham. Mm-hmm. But as far as the public goes, you get Abraham. Got it. And, there's, and that's perfect. And there's value in that. And Abraham is beautiful. Maybe that's wonderful.
2: her boundary. Maybe that's, maybe that's Esther's boundary. Maybe. Well, I think a lot of it is that
1: she, yeah, she, yeah, she doesn't want to be the celebrity. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Maybe so, she just but, wants to share her time, her public time with the world. In service and then reserve that private time for herself.
1: Yeah, and and, and you know I I like dividing and, and giving you me what you're getting right now and then mm-hmm. and then channeling and giving you the stream, which is very different. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny because I'm dating somebody who doesn't fully understand channeling. He's accepting of it. <laughs> yeah. when he watches my videos. He's like, wow, it's like it's not even you on those videos. <laughs> like, well, yeah, that's kind of what's going on there. Welcome to the party, yeah, dude. And he's a clinical psychologist, so you know he's analyzing and. Uh, it's, it's, it's an interesting relationship, being in a relationship yeah. with a clinical psychologist for sure. I'm, but uh, you know, it's, it's so funny that he's just not as into it where, where people that are channeling, get it. I'm channeling the stream and I'm getting out of the way and letting that information flow. But it's not human perspective. Mm-hmm. I, I think they obviously understand human perspective, but I am so much better at coming out and saying, wow, this is where I'm challenged with what the stream is teaching me. Mm. this is where I'm still struggling this is where it's and and I understand that it's always going to be a process that I'm always going to be
2: a human being I think that context you provide as a human being supports those of us taking in the teachings and I think it allows us to because I think sometimes and this is one of the things I love about Paul Selig as well who also does a lot of channeling he says well I don't know I'm going to ask, I'm going to, I'm going to ask the guy to like, is it, is yeah, that I'm place? like that too. I, I yeah. we
1: had technical difficulties one night on a live stream on yeah. Facebook and I, you know, it got kicked off. And by the time I got kicked off, I was sort of, you know, I wasn't down the spiral, but I wasn't connected anymore. And I came mm-hmm. back, and I just didn't feel the stream coming back mm-hmm. and I didn't want to, I was live. And I just said, you know, let's just talk. And yeah. what questions can I answer? And <laughs> she went and read the most complicated question. I just <laughs> died laughing. I'm like, that is way above my pay grade. <laughs> we need the stream in here to answer that one. I'm sorry. But yeah, I, you know, it's this otherworldly stuff. I'm like, I yeah. don't know. I don't yeah. know. Don't ask me. Ask the stream. I'll bring it, it back, Ask the
2: stream, but, that one. Yeah. yeah, ask me something simple. Yeah. Well, I, I like that it just, it just takes it off a stool And it, it robs people of the story that they can't do it. Wow. Oh. Oh, it's easy for you to say, You're like you, you, you connected to infinite intelligence, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but I'm, I'm learning just like you are. Yeah, well, that's so why I like to share you know, my
1: problems because they think, well, David just manifests everything because he's got the stream flowing through him. So he's blessed. I'm not blessed. <laughs> you know, I've had plenty of problems in my life, plenty mm-hmm. of problems. And I continue to have problems in my life, you know, mm-hmm. and, and the practice of Taya is not about eliminating your problems. Nope. It's about viewing them as opportunities yes. and going up your spiral and solving them and expanding in the process. And in doing that, you do see fewer problems. Mm. The, the frequency and the magnitude are, are, are lessened in all of that. But we're, we're not here to not have problems. Mm. We're not here to sit on our ass and just manifest everything that we want all the time.
3: Mm.
1: And that's the beauty of it. How boring would life be? Think about it. And there's mm. a lot of things that I still want to do and have and, and be that I haven't achieved
3: yet. That's what keeps me going. Mm. That's what keeps flavor.
2: Yeah, yeah. This is where everything happens. They so said this level of consciousness, this level of density, it's where it's all happening. Because physical matter is like that landscape for us to have those adventures, for new experiences to be known at other levels of consciousness too. Because at the end of the day, if the soul or whatever you call that level of consciousness that we we have the incarnates in and out of physical matter. If that level of consciousness knew everything, then it wouldn't have to have physical experiences in order to know something more. So we're adding to the experience of ourselves at a soul level or at a high level of consciousness and adding and informing, and by that virtue, adding to the whole. So we have a sacred duty to have this adventure that we call life and add to the overall expansion of consciousness. That's my, that's my take on it.
1: And oh, you are so tapped into this, the stream consciousness uh, because it's exactly, <laughs> that's exactly what they say. Exactly <laughs> what they, it's so cool. I'm just sitting here in awe of you because we haven't, you know, known each other long. We've only had what this, is our second conversation ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's so cool. I, I felt like this when I met Gary Bodley, also i if you know Gary channels, Joshua. Uh,
3: mm-hmm.
1: It's just so much scene. And a little different takes, certainly yeah, our, our take clever. on what they're saying, mm-hmm. but the same in that we're all individuals, but the core mm-hmm. message is so clear and we're getting such good stuff now. And it's, it's just the evolution of thought mm-hmm. playing itself out. The, the, and those of us that are, are choosing to share it or sharing it and the, the synchronicity of all of that is so cool that, wow, we're here to experience problems and so- the solving of those problems, we expand. And our expansion is not just our expansion, it contributes to the expansion of the universe, Mm. which includes source and and everything. The universe is everything. Mm. Source is everything. Mm. And we are part of that. And and so our our own expansion is is not just expanding us as a human being or a soul consciousness being, that's building the universe. It's continually being rebuilt Mm. from consciousness and from expansion. And that's why the stream comes in and says, we are co-creating all of this with all of you. You are in physical overcoming obstacles. You're polarized in physical. So you're going up and down your spiral. And when you go down, you create obstacles. And when you create obstacles, you have the opportunity to overcome them.
3: Mm-hmm. And
1: even what I loved was even in the not overcoming them, even in the person who never overcomes their obstacles, their obstacles do them in. They're, they're the you know junkie that ODs under a bridge, homeless somewhere, very sad, not, not anything we want to see. There was value in that experience for that soul. Mm-hmm. coming to planet Earth and having that experience, mm. returning to their completed state from a drug overdose in a gutter. There's value in that. And we don't understand that from our human perspective, and it's not what I want for anyone.
2: But yeah. at this level, we can't. At this level, we, we, there are... So long as we are at this point of density where polarity is pervasive, that we witness each other as separate entities, there is going to be a level of disconnect to that singularity that allows us to see more of the picture like walking on the ground you will see less than a bird that's flying in the air that bird's eye view is very very different and I think for me one of the the things that I hold in my heart a lot and 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 always seek to go back to is remembering that in a universe of infinite possibility every single configuration of this moment is happening has happened and will happen here in the now so A, that allows me to reduce the importance of what I do in this moment and getting so caught up in it rather than just being present and doing it. B, FOMO disappears because I am experiencing it, just not at this level of consciousness. Judgment disappears because exactly what they're experiencing, I'm doing in another level of consciousness. And also understanding that every single experience like the junkie dying under the, under the bridge has to happen because it's a possibility. And so it is happening. And on some level, whether I can perceive it here and now or not, I will taste and touch that too. And it adds to the flavor of life and gives me more experience at another level of consciousness, even if I'm not able to perceive it here and now. That's wonderful.
1: It is so, it, it, you, you are so getting it and you're getting it at a lot younger age than I did. <laughs> <laughs> so because I, you know, I, I had this, the, your consciousness, your, your own stream. Tell us about that a little bit and where that started, when it started coming in, how you label it, how you share it. Let's go into that a little bit.
2: I would say I didn't even really, I wasn't even aware of, of calling it anything other than just sort of getting stuff. I've, I've, I'm a, I read a lot. So I always sort of just assumed that it was a result of information I was taking in. Until I started having conversations about stuff where I started, until I started getting more aware of the present moment when I started doing the, the Beyond Intention work about a dozen years ago and being more present and stopping to listen to the silence that was birthing some of the things I was saying and in that space of silence, recognizing that, hang on a minute, that's new. I didn't get that from a book. Maybe I put pieces from books together in a different way, but there's something different on top of that now. And I applied that in business in the way I did creative problem solving in my my own consulting business and so on and so forth. But it's since I've been doing this work and having realizations come through, I actually just, I would say about about two and a half years ago, more in the last year and a half that I've done a lot more work with, um, the more deeper spiritual work, working with my intuition coach and really learning to sort of tune in starting to actually believe in other levels of consciousness as I didn't really believe in that before it was an an idea. I'd say, yeah, probably the last two years, I'd say two years that have really started, been going in and I've never given it a label. I've just been getting on with it to be honest.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, we, we tend to want to humanize things and that's why people give their, their channeled entities, their higher consciousness selves, uh, mm-hmm. these names. And it's funny because it's always a male name.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're so sexist and they even probably, and, and that's I asked for that. And I got a very clear, we're not human. Mm-hmm. We're not a, a one, a singular entity. Mm-hmm. Consciousness. Mm-hmm. There, there's consciousness here that has been in physical form. There's consciousness here that has been in human form. There's consciousness here that has never been physical. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's an amalgam of all of that that you're receiving. And it, 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 it just the name the stream just came to me, and I don't really, I can't even tell you at this point if they gave it to me or if it just popped. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes I just, information just comes in, mm-hmm. and I don't want to always say that everything comes from the stream because I have <laughs> my own, you know, level of, of intelligence and my ego and all that, that that brings all that. It just made sense to call it the stream, so. <laughs> The only funny thing is, is that when people address the stream, they don't know what to say. Hi, stream. Yes. <laughs> what are you going to do, though? Yeah, kind of uh, so it's, it's, it's interesting because it really, but there's nothing wrong with the, the human names either just because you've identified that. Even Esther says that about Abraham, that they came up with the name Abraham because it sounded uh, reverent and, and ancient and, and, mm-hmm. and, and it sort of branded Abraham uh, mm-hmm. on the level that they wanted to brand Abraham. And it works. You yeah. get it people. And so it helps so that there's all good there. So it's interesting. The stream is something that's a little different th- than all of that. So I'm glad that it's sort of its own unique thing. But the difference is, is really that we're more about tools and in, in kind of going deep into cleaning up things from the past that trigger that trigger our vibration cleaning up our vibration as much as possible, but we've got to go into the past and, and clean some things up to be able to do that because we all, that's why you know, we're all conditioned from the past. This happened to me. That was bad. I don't want that to happen again. So if I see anything that looks like that, I'm going to limit myself from it. Hmm. And, and, and I, I took a long, long time to really come to this realization. In fact, I, I've told this story lots and lots of times. I'll go through it very quickly. You know, I understood the law of attraction as a child. I remember having some recollection of it at age six or so. Um, and then a strong recollection at age 14. And that really was a turning point in my life when I started changing my life for the better from 14 on, but at 14, I understood law of attraction and I was looking at it through my, my poor child, uh, childhood perspective and thinking that, wow, I know how to manifest money now and money and and material things are the answer to everything. That's what happiness is. (laughs) I thought that's what happiness was. And it took me to 40. I, I existed all the way to age 40 thinking that's what happiness was. And I manifested all this great material stuff and had everything that I thought, it, you know, I, I kind of hit that milestone. Wow, here I am at 40. I'm in the multi-million dollar house. I'm in the driving the right car and I'm wearing the right suits and my shoes and all this stuff. <clears throat> I'm supposed to be happy, but I'm not. Mm. What's going on here? Why am I not happy? Why am I overweight and sick and, and in a bad relationship and I don't have any real friends and I don't like myself pretty much? Why am I in that state? I spent the next 10 years with the help of Abraham figuring all of that out. And, and the, the reason that I sound critical of Abraham and I don't mean to is that everything Abraham teaches is beautiful and wonderful and perfect. But I already had my own version of that coming to me. And I knew that for me, I needed to do deeper work to to detune those limiting beliefs than just focus on what I want and just be happy I needed to do more work and I needed to do more tools and it needed to be more intense than that for me. Mm
3: -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: And then once I did it, I realized, okay, there are other people out there that are like me. And Mm -hmm. that's when I started, you know, the podcast and writing the book and quitting the job and started a boot camp and started working with people to, to give them those tools if they really are ready to, to do that deeper work. You know, Esther's intentionality behind what she does is amazing. You know, she gets out, she channels Abraham. It's truth. It's, it's real. Uh, People find it very comforting. It's almost like a a replacement for a religious experience, even though it's not a religion. I get it. I get it. I I, I don't listen to Abraham anymore, not because it's not a great message, simply because I want to channel the stream purely. Mm -hmm. I don't want to have any external influence from other messages. I want the stream's message to be the stream's message. And it's gone way off on its own at this point, which I love. Mm-hmm. And now I kind of miss Abraham sometimes, you know, I'm kind of like, ah, oh, you know, I used to have this little ritual where I would listen to Abraham on Saturday mornings. I would mm-hmm. just put it on autoplay on YouTube. And of course there's 10 million videos out there.
3: Yeah. And, and
1: I even went through a, I used to listen to my own podcast and then I stopped for a while and now I've come back around to where I listen to the stream a lot now. And I actually get that experience from the stream because I don't remember much of what I channel when I'm channeling. I get bits and pieces. Sometimes it comes back to me later. But I don't remember a whole lot of it. So now I'll go back and listen to the streams messages and sort of have that experience. But it's, it's for other people, they, they really seem to get a lot of and love it. But when you're listening to yourself, it's not the same as, as, as that, that other experience of, of listening to Esther Channel Abraham. This is great. Mm-hmm. So I don't ever want to dissuade anybody from Abraham. I don't want to sound like that. I'm just saying that what I've created with all of this was born of Abraham, certainly, and is yeah. now tools to take it even further. And what Esther is doing is wonderful.
2: I think there's something to be said about that. And that's the evolution of the work. So for example, I, I had a teacher, how old am I now? 17 years ago, who was trying to teach me certain things I just wasn't ready for at the time. Right. So then when I started doing Dr. Do- 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 Spencer's work two and a half, three years ago, um, oh God, it's three years ago, three, three and a half years ago. Wow. Okay. Um, Things clicked in and I don't really learn the scientific piece. Yes. The scientific piece has been great for me with Dr. Joe's work, which has basically enabled me to find a bridge to what I was learning to the way I look at the world. So that was great. But in terms of the actual underlying content, I haven't learned anything new. I've been studying that stuff for 15 years, but it was the right step that I needed to move to where I go next. So like, I still go to Dr. Joe's workshops. Um, I still do that and blah, blah, blah. But there are other teachers who have come in to take me to where I, I'm, I feel that I'm being called to go next. So I work with my intuition coach and I just did a three-month uh, Ascension training course with my friend, Washayla, and those have taken me another step in the direction of where I've been called to go. And I think sometimes people get stuck in one space because it makes them feel good and it's not pushing them and they feel okay. They're getting that religious experience, Right. Instead of going to church on a Sunday morning, they, they put on the YouTube or whatever. Instead of going to the temple, they go on the cruise and then they stop there. They don't actually expand and grow, versus understanding that in some instances, that is the gateway for them to go to what's coming next. And I think for us as coaches, teachers, mentors, people out there doing this sort of work, I think it's important for us to understand that sometimes we're just supposed to be there for someone for a piece of time, also. We're maybe just the gateway. They're not maybe to go through the entire value add of what we have to offer because what we gave them even at a level of free was enough to get them to where they went to go next. And it's just about staying very present and allowing yourself to be the perfect funnel for the optimal outcome for that person to show up.
1: Yeah, I know what you, I, I get it because I see that in my own teachings. There's some people that come and stay and want to stay and they're getting a lot out of it and they go into mastery and they work for a year and they, they re-up for mastery and work for the second year. And it's always vibing high. And there's other people that come in and take boot camp and they disappear on me after boot camp. And 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 I part of me is like, wow, I hope they really got everything they, you know, at graduation, they get it or they don't graduate, right? So they graduate and then they disconnect and I don't hear from them. And then I hear from them six months later, and it's always good. You know, I, I had one that does uh, she she had a great experience in boot camp. She graduated, went off. I didn't didn't interact with me anywhere. And then suddenly she came back around, wanting to check in and do a recap. And she repaired her marriage. She started her own business. She quit the job that she hated. She's loving herself more than ever. <laughs> you know, she's getting all the tools, but she didn't. You know, she's probably not really absorbing the stream or me as a as a coach anymore. The way she was, she mm-hmm. got the tools and she went out and lived her life, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, that made me very happy to have her circle back with me. And I'm sure there's other people, and I know there's another young man uh, that, that that got into boot camp and then went on to another teacher, and on to another teacher, and on to another teacher. It's all, there's nothing wrong with any mm-hmm. of that. It's all very individual. Mm-hmm. And as a coach and a teacher, we can't take that personally. Mm-hmm. And as a, as a student, I've absolutely done that. You know, mm-hmm. there's different teachers from different times in my life. And so far for me, the most profound teacher has been Abraham. That's why mm-hmm. I referenced them so much.
3: Mm-hmm. And,
1: you know, now I've kind of disconnected and there was, you know, I know that you love the Dispenza and so does Matt. And Matt and I, of course, are really good friends and we talk every day and we do business mm-hmm. together and stuff. And the, the reason I haven't gravitated toward him is because personally, I don't need the science. Yeah. And I see how he serves people though, because people need proof. Yeah. You know, and that's what I always talk about psychics. You know, when you go to a psychic reading, the first thing they do is like tell you three or four things about yourself that there's no way they can know so that your wall is torn down. Yeah. You believe. So then if they're, if they're really skilled at what they do, then they're going to go in and give you the stuff that's really going to help you. Yeah. Because that skeptical wall is down because they just told you, you know, three or four things that there's no way in hell they would know if they weren't psychic. And then they can go in and really serve you in some. way. I and, and that's what Dispanza is doing. Dr. Dispanza I should say yeah. is doing is, is he is using science to bring people along that are skeptical, perhaps atheists, you know, mm-hmm. people that are skeptical of everything to, to, to understand that yes, there is an energetic realm and yes, the law of attraction is real. Mm-hmm. And there is, you know, there's bits and pieces of evidence of it. I, I look for the positive. I see evidence of law of attraction everywhere, I, I, you know, all, all over the place. And when I was in my corporate job, I had a lot of uh, direct and indirect reports, you know, hundreds of people. And I would travel around to these retail stores where people were on commission. And there's nothing more telling about where your vibration is than if you're in a commission job or if you're self-employed, somewhere where you've got to to be in the right vibe or your money's not coming in, right? You've got to be there. And and I saw the evidence of that in my employees. In fact, that's why I quit that job to teach, because I would see people in their lives and, you know, the the positive, upbeat, confident people were the successful people. The pessimistic, woe is me, I get all the bad customers, nothing ever works out for me. They're the ones that are always struggling. Mm. And I, you know, you just want to grab people and say, "Don't you get it. You know, the person (laughs) sitting next to you is not seeing all the good customers. Mm -hmm. You know, they're attracting them. They're attracting the situation. They're confident. They're appealing to the right customers. And you, you are in your pessimism and your lack of confidence. You're not, you're not grabbing hold of those people that are walking through the door that are ready to buy something, Mm. you know, confidence is very appealing, whether you're dating or shopping or doing whatever, you know, you, you want that, that waiter in the restaurant. That says no, don't order that. That's disgusting. Order this. Yeah, not the one that says, "Oh, it's all good. Just order whatever you want." You You, you, you want honesty and authenticity and confidence, and Mm. it's just very appealing to all of us. It's high vibration. That's why
3: Mm. confidence
1: is high vibration. So that that's just a a sign right there that that we we work with the teachers that we need to work with, while we need to work with them, just like you said. And sometimes Mm. they serve a purpose for us. I had one not long ago. That taught me how to do bootcamp. Mm-hmm. Boot she taught me all of it. And it was brilliant. And it was great. And I, and I paid her a lot of money. And I made a lot of money back right away. You know, 10 times what I paid her while I was still in her boot camp, I made it back. Mm-hmm. Great investment, wonderful. But then I, I went into a year-long program with her, and it wasn't serving me anymore. And I had to get out of it.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So I realized, wow, she came in to teach me the foundation of what I'm doing. And I don't need that anymore. And I, t- I, I mistakenly, in my own misjudgment, and I'll fully admit that, thought that I needed to work with her forever. You didn't. I didn't. And I still, even though I'm not connected to her anymore, I certainly appreciate that block of time and what she did for me. Mm. And, and, and what she did at that time worked for me where I was then. It's not helping me now. Yep. You know, I, I've, got, I've got to move on to other things and I have that are helping me now. And it's, it's a different set of teachers. (laughs) I just, uh, any closing thoughts for you, anything that we haven't touched on that you'd like to uh, kind of get into a little bit. And certainly we want to hear about your podcast and your book.
2: Sure. I mean, I think we've covered some really cool stuff today and I think I'd love to go back to the beginning of where we started in, in, in inviting people to let go of the need to be right and being attached to stuff. So they can come to a space to actually have enough openness in their mental, emotional, and energetic space to choose what really serves them here and now. To look dispassionately at what's happening and to allow them to recognize that it's not going to last any longer than the next second anyway. So you don't have to get caught up in it and not allowing whatever's happening now to create a pressure that disconnects us from source to the point where we fall down our spiral. And don't just remember that it's all one big game anyway. That none of us are getting out of life.
1: That's a very good, very good overview. Uh, really of everything the stream teaches. So <laughs> you're really, you're really getting it. You're you're really getting it on your own from your own stream. And again, I applaud you for allowing yourself to be so tapped in. And so I could look back at my 30s and say, Wow, it was a wasted decade. I was overweight. I was a terrible job. I was in a bad marriage. I hated myself. Blah blah blah. Or I could look at it and say, Wow, there was a lot of value in that for me. I really understand on a deeper level now what good and evil really is. And, and mm-hmm. in your Source's perspective is there is no evil, evil. There's no right or wrong. There's no judgment. It all serves us ultimately because our, our unwanted things in life are absolutely what cause us to turn our focus toward what is wanted ultimately and create more good. Hmm. So when you get that universally, collective consciously, and then broad that down to your human life level, and understand that I create these little storms in my life as opportunities for growth and I create new things in my life and come out better if I allow that to be every single time. And since I gained that belief, that's why my forties were so transformative for me. I started realizing, wow, here's something else to work on. Here's this other thing. Oh, and there's that. Oh, and there's this too. And oh, I don't have to be in this job. That was the final frontier for me was, you know, letting go of the fear. That I had to have that high paying job to to live, to Mm -hmm. live the way I wanted to. I changed the way I wanted to live, changed the way I did live. I moved from 4,200 square feet to 650. Mm -hmm. And then from there, you know, kind of downsized my life to where I didn't have to have that unwanted job anymore. Mm -hmm. And then got into a situation where I just jumped from the airplane with faith Mm -hmm. that it would all work out. And here I am two years later, it's all working out. exactly. So that's how we can all exist. Mm. We don't have to buy into any fear-based belief system whatsoever. And that's why I'm so impressed with you that at a younger age than I did, you're really getting it. That You're, you're tuning in and you're not having to put yourself through a decade of hell.
2: I, I, have <laughs> so I had my hell. My hell just started a lot earlier. <laughs> so,
1: yeah, uh, that's true. You've told me some of that, a little bit. Yeah. Well, you have to manifest that or you don't grow and you don't
3: expand.
2: Yeah, it's, the, it's a springboard. And, you know, regardless of whether it did, had to happen or didn't have to happen, it did. And this is the timeline that we're on. So now that we are with that in the timeline going backwards, where are we going next? What choices are we going to make against the backdrop of that? Are we going to expand? Are we going to contract? Are we going to move forward? Are we going to stay stagnant? Like, Are we going to grow or are we going to die? Energetically yeah. speaking. And that's what I choose to, um, that's the way I choose to look at all things.
1: Yeah, that that idea of understanding that we're energy at our core and that we're either growing or dying,
2: mm-hmm.
1: a, lo- a lot of people don't get that. You know, a lot of people want to be complacent.
3: Mm-hmm. I'm comfortable
1: here. I'm going to stay mm-hmm. right here. Well, guess what? No matter what, you're not going to be comfortable.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: If you try to stay there, you're inevitably going to get sick. You're mm-hmm. going to lose your job. Something's going to happen. You can't control the people around you. The you know, the one that you're you know living your life with, if there is a significant other, is not necessarily going to stay there with you. Mm-hmm can't just be complacent. And being complacent is fear-based anyway. Mm -hmm. Because sitting and being complacent saying, okay, you know, I've got this. I'm happy that I have my, you know, my three bedroom house in the suburbs and my two kids Mm -hmm. and my two cars. I'm just going to stay right here because I'm happy that I have this. It's fine to appreciate that. In fact, that's a very high vibration. But it's our nature as human beings to want to grow and do and be more.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: always. And that doesn't mean bigger house. I'm not saying <laughs> that. You know, it can if you want it. To, that's fine. Maybe. But it doesn't necessarily mean that. It's something else. What's next? Okay, I achieved this level and it's, it's pretty comfortable. But we're too intelligent. The stream says this all the time. We're too intelligent to just be comfortable. We're going to disrupt our lives one way or the other. So we're going to create an illness. Mm-hmm. We're going to create a divorce. Mm-hmm. We're going to create losing our job unexpectedly. We're going to create a recession we are going to collectively create a recession, which is always the way recessions happen. Mm -hmm. So we're going to create something to disrupt always. I love that term disrupt. Mm -hmm. You know, the tech industry uses that now. They're gonna disrupt this, they're gonna disrupt that. (laughs) And a true disruption is good. It makes everything better. You know, I'm a car fanatic, and I look at what Tesla's done, and I'm not even a big fan of Tesla, but I love what they've done. I love the disruptive nature, if you're into cars, of that car company that came along out of nowhere, Yep. Not of car business people, of a tech guy yep. creates this great car, really. it's not. Again, it's not my cup of tea of a car, but look how good it is. Yep. And now every manufacturer there is, you know, 100-year-old manufacturers like Mercedes are, 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 are copying them now or following yep. them. Yep. So it took, it took a newcomer to come along and disrupt that entire industry really to make it better. Mm-hmm. because humanity is seeing now, well, maybe we don't need to drill down for fossil fuels and burn and have all this pollution. Maybe cars can be electric
3: mm-hmm.
1: and function better. Mm-hmm. So he built an electric car. That's faster than a Ferrari <laughs> and, and reliable. And you know, all these other things that are, just, it's just amazing. I love disruption mm-hmm. and, and we should all embrace disruption. And, and if you're not disrupting your life, you're going to go down your spiral and manifest a disruption. Anyway, it's, it's universal law. Mm-hmm. So embrace disruption. And, you know, when I, when I quit my job and jumped out of the airplane and I had everything going, you know, I had the book being published. And I'm putting out this, you know, uh, podcast that's very popular. And now I've got this boot camp that everybody wants to join. Man, I'm just flying high. Everything's great. I get here to my dream town right away. The person I'm married to says, I'm out of here. I don't like this. I'm out. <laughs> out of the marriage. See you later. Okay. Disruption, right? Yeah. And, you know, then I had problems with friends that were here that suddenly I'm not a vibrational match to them anymore. More mm-hmm. disruption, mm-hmm. you know, even when I think I'm, 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 wow, I'm in the zone, man. I'm losing weight. I'm putting on muscle and my body is great. There's always some disruption. I shared that, you know, a couple of podcasts ago that, you know, I got into, um, I got into using steroids over the summer. I'm very open about that. There's no judgment from the stream about that one way or the other. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Steroids, you see how it goes. <laughs> and, um And I know people here in Palm Springs, you know, Palm Springs is an older population, uh, but you know, it's a, it's a uh, predominantly gay uh, male population here. And you have all these dudes that are 60 and 70 and they're in great shape. Mm -hmm. Of course, they're all taking supplemental hormones. You know, you don't put on that kind of muscle at 60 and 70 uh, (laughs) if you're not on something, you know, it's just the way that it is. And so I accept this. I'm going to try this stuff. And, And when I got on it, I put on 10 pounds just like that. And you see pictures of me from this summer while I was jacked. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, this is great. I'm going to be on this stuff for the rest of my life. And I have friends that have been on it for years. Mm-hmm. Well, suddenly I started having uh, acne
3: mm-hmm.
1: 51. I've got acne on my body. Well, what the hell is this about? So <laughs> I go to the doctor the doctor says, oh, the acne is the least of your worries. You're producing too much blood. You yeah. start having to have blood drained out of your body and mm-hmm. your heart rate is elevated. You're going to kill yourself on this stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's when I realized as much as the acne was annoying, it was one of those lovely little warning signs from the universe. Yeah, you know, it's like that little red light that popped up on your dash in your car it was popping up on my arm and my shoulder, right? Like well, what is this?
3: <laughs> so I realized
1: that wow, you know, this stuff isn't serving me the way that I think it, it you know, was going to, so I got off of it. Mm-hmm. And you know, you just realize how you manifest things in your life that that seem that are disruptive. You know, I got into something I thought it was a miracle, you know, hey, I'm on this drug now and I, it's a steroid and and I'm putting on all this muscle and I'm feeling, you know, more energized than ever. I'm feeling young again. This is all great. But then the downside of taking something like that is indeed, you know, it's disrupting other things in your body. There's contrast on all topics. So You can't have it all. Mm. So, you know, my body showed me very quick results that you can't be on this stuff, at least not the way that you were. And be healthy. Do you want to, you know, have muscles and die? Or do you want to, you know, just go to the gym like a normal 51-year-old dude and and, and accept where you are and continue to live? Yeah. You know, I think I want to have a live body with a little less muscle
3: on it's okay.
1: So we have to appreciate, you know, the downtime. But what I find now and the whole point to to what I'm telling is that there's always going to be disruption. There's always going to be contrast. And it all serves us in one way or another. But Mm -hmm. you're never going to reach perfection. Mm. People join boot camp. That's the first thing I tell them. I'm not training you to live a perfect life. You know, we're giving you tools to to get better control of your vibration, thus getting more control over your life, seeing things from a higher perspective, and appreciating the downtime, appreciating the darkness, appreciating the valleys that we put ourselves through. Love it. Love it. So, where can they find you?
2: Oh, um, my website is dreamwithdan.com. Um, I'm Dreamer CEO on Instagram and also Twitter. I tweet from time to time, and then I'm on Facebook, uh, The Dreamer CEO. So Facebook.com forward slash The Dreamer CEO. But um, what I'd really encourage anyone that sort of wants to have a chat about some of this stuff that we're talking about um, from from the perspective that I've got to share is join my Facebook group. It's free. Um, facebook.com or you can go to dreamydancom forward slash Facebook. It'll take you straight to the group. It's completely free. I don't sell you stuff on there. I literally you just share and put some exclusive content in there. And just sort of building a community of people that want to live more abundantly and choose to do so deliberately.
3: Very nice. Mm. Any closing words from you?
2: Uh, be okay with where you're at, but don't be okay to the point of staying there if it's not where you choose to be. Very nice. Very, mm. very nice. Yeah,
1: I, I like that a lot. I like that a lot. As much as we talk about change and vibration and, and more and abundance, uh, making peace with what is, mm-hmm. is, is very important because it's, 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 it's kind of like we're talking on the two sides of our mouths sometimes, you know, we want to be abundant. We want to grow. We want to get strengthened. We want to you know, do this. You're going to do it, whether you like it or not, it's going to happen. Polarity is going to take you down. The stream could be very, you know, I can be. And so therefore the stream could be very matter of fact, but I didn't really, anytime I'm not manifesting in an area of my life, it's always because I'm pushing. Mm. And when I stop pushing and I accept what is, and I accept even a negative outcome as a possibility, it doesn't mean I'm manifesting it. It means I'm relaxing around it. I'm not pushing. I'm not needing. I'm now sending out a better, softer, but a higher vibrational signal to the universe. And then the, the problem clears up every time. And then I realized it wasn't a problem in the first place I manifested. <laughs> thank you so much, Dan. Always great talking to you. I appreciate Thanks. it. It's
2: been a pleasure. really appreciate you having me on and looking forward to connecting more deeply in the future.
1: Absolutely. And thank you all for listening.
0: Thank you for listening. To learn more about The Stream of David, visit thestreamofdavid.com. For topic requests or to learn more about David's Taya Bootcamp, email david at thestreamofdavid.com. See you next week.